0: everybody this is the first episode of breakaway banter i'm josh ruckstall
1: i'm jeremy rash
0: and together we're making this brand new podcast that's a hockey podcast by fans for fans so jeremy tell me a little bit about you i know a lot about you but tell everyone else a little bit about yourself
1: uh so i guess i've been involved in hockey since i was around five years old started as a timbits player you know as most of us do in canada um and then just kept playing the whole way through high school and then into rec and uh, I was I was never very good we'll, we'll start there um you know big house league guy myself uh, but a big fan of the game and, and a lot of passion for it um <laughs> played some uh some pretty dirty uh, recreational university leagues along the way um and uh and I worked for a, a Q team the St. John Sea Dogs for 2 years um so yeah I mean lots uh been around hockey for a long time
0: and ultimately like myself you're a fan first and foremost
1: big time i've always been a better fan than a than a player i'll tell you that
0: <laughs> I, same for me uh my uh been involved for hockey fan since i can walk but i never played until i was in the military and i played uh, military league which is pretty dirty hockey as well it's all guys <laughs> that thought they could have went to the show and they get lunch hours to play hockey and we all thought we were the next Wayne Gretzky of the military hockey uh, league. So, um, but I'm a leaf fan through and through uh, every year's the year. We're going to win the cup and we plan a parade and uh, yeah. So if we want to dive into it, like we'll talk about my team first, the Toronto Maple Leafs, of course um, we will. <laughs> as we should. <laughs> uh, so like the Leafs, in my opinion, had the start I was expecting. Um you signed guys that were snot guys, as uh, our GM referred to them as, and
1: Bertuzzi, Domi, and and Reeves. Reeves. And yeah. we're at
0: the point now where last year, Reeves was on your team, and they threw in the towel on Reeves. It was was what we see with Reeves now? What you guys saw with Reeves last year at the New York Rangers? I
1: think there was a lot more, like Reeves was involved a, a lot more with the Rangers than he has been early on with the Leafs, I feel like. Um, he was always throwing a lot of hits. He played, I think, 60, almost 60-some games for them that year. And uh, he was throwing a lot of hits, you know, getting into quite a few fights and and overall just being more active. And uh, it, it's strange that uh, it, it's not similar with the Leafs. And to see him already scratched is kind of a surprise to me, if I'm being honest.
0: Well, he, not only was he scratched, but he was scratched for a guy that didn't make the team out of camp Bobby McMahon who came in and had two assists. The fourth line had two goals. It just makes you wonder, is there a route back for Reeves into the lineup?
1: I think when you see the Leafs playing a more rough and tough team, um, you know, maybe they'll bounce him back in and out at this stage of his career. He's probably an in and out of the lineup kind of guy, especially for his role of, you know, probably five to six minutes a night. But, uh, like super tough guy, great locker room guy. Um, and I, th- I think he was actually awesome for the Rangers. Like, I don't, I know I'm not in there. I've never been in a locker room at the NHL level, but from what everybody sees and from, from what you hear about the guy, like everybody seems to love him. So I think there's a path back for him. And I think the Leafs still need that type of guy. And it's, it's whether he's playing for them all the time or not, he's, uh, he's still important for that organization.
0: And it's not lost. on mean, the first day that we scratch him, you get Giordano, dropping the mitts five minutes into the game and then you get max domi dropping the mitts obviously you want reeves to be in the lineup to do that so those guys don't have to but it was great to see them step up in a way that hasn't seen all year there was nothing that showed that this team was going to be that physical presence and then moving away from the snot we signed john Klingberg for one year 4.15 million dollars and he's been unusable and like you look at who they had last year and they got rid of to get Klingberg was Eric Gustafson who went to the Rangers and is the offensive defenseman that we wish Klingberg was. And he's signed for league mint. Yeah. So I, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of things to be desired with this Leaf team. There's a lot of stuff that still needs to be worked out, but this past Saturday against the Vancouver Canucks was a good step in the right direction.
1: Yeah, and as you mentioned, so my team, we didn't even get into this off the start yet, but uh big Rangers guy here, uh Man 10. Uh so Gustafson, uh, we've actually, as you mentioned, we talked about it. Um, he's been excellent for the Rangers, especially since uh since Fox has gone down with injury. Um, he's been the quarterback of the power play, number one, and it has not missed a beat. Uh it's unbelievable. Like if we if the Rangers didn't acquire him in the offseason, I think that their opening record is is very different because he's been a massive part of that power play with it fox
0: and like going to the rangers now like that's a team that had a lot of expectations put on them coming into the year as my Leafs says that we the original six teams they there's a lot of pressure that comes with it and there's some guys that have stepped up in a big way for the rangers
1: mm-hmm. yeah definitely especially you know this seems like the year this is the year i sound like a Leafs fan. Um, that Lafreniere breaks out he's having a heck of a start i think fourth year uh we we're, we're going to see a lot like he's, he started hot he's got 11 points um in 14 games so far to start the year i think this is uh this is the year you see a lot of consistency out of him he looks like he's playing with a ton of confidence with Panarin
0: and the rangers have been plagued with injuries to start the year as you mentioned you got adam fox you've got um quick was out for a bit sturke is out like if there's any team to have excuses to to not have a good start to the year, it's been the Rangers, and they've just proven that they're just here to put up a fight.
1: Yeah, well, you know, even the third goalie, like, and and he's he's been uh, been great in the NHL level before, and he's had a lot of success as a backup as Louis Domingue. So, like, it's not like you know the Rangers have are blessed with uh, with kind of they're always blessed with great goaltending. It's been uh, <laughs> they've had great goaltending since like 1990, since before I was born. So. It's no well, surprise it, to me.
0: You look at the lineages, we, we, we've talked about it. There's only like a two-year gap between Mike Richter and Henrik.
1: Yeah, and Kevin Weeks was the one in between. So it's <laughs> not like, you know what I mean? It was, the Rangers had amazing goaltending uh, forever. It's like the opposite for a lot of teams. You know, I sometimes you take it for granted. Like, that I, you can have, you know, a, one of the best players in the league can be a goalie. And it's funny, I find people... Often they're like, well, we got saved by our goaltending. Well, that's why we have them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Wouldn't wouldn't you rather be saved by your goaltending than not saved at all? Like, so I don't know. That's, uh, I think a lot of Rangers fans take it for granted that we've been absolutely blessed for like the last 30 some years with with hot goaltending.
0: Well, and we're going to get into the Oilers later, but like, that's a prime example of like a goalie is going to make or break your year Mm -hmm. and they can't buy a save to save their life. And, and they're suffering for it but we'll get into them later it's just a great example of like two complete polar opposites yeah switching it up there's something that you wanted to talk about and that's overtime that's been uh, yes. a big gripe for you and for like a lot of fans as it, it it's exciting it's three-on-three hockey but there's ways i feel that they can improve upon it and so do you and i want to hear your uh, your ideas
1: yeah well i mean so one of the most annoying things to me is just keeping puck possession. See, skated into the offensive zone then, oh I, we don't have it you know oh there's too much pressure so I'm just going to skate it out of the off the o zone, and I'm going to just circle back behind my red line and reset that is so boring they found a way to make three on three just terrible um, and, and unappealing to watch sometimes like it depends you know obviously it's high 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 action three on three but when you get to those lulls of the constant circle back, keep possession because possession is the most important thing in three on three. And I'm not the, like, you know, I'm not the creator of this, but I do think uh, I was reading online. I've read multiple people say it. I think that they should implement that. Once you cross the red line in three on three, you can't cross back over it. Um,
0: it's, it's simple. Make you make it a delay, of a game penalty. 100%.
1: Uh, don't let them cross back over. Like, so like, or, you know, it's uh it's slowing it down. The whole purpose is to, of three-on-three three is to avoid the shootout. So what's what are we doing here? People are just going to take the puck, skate it all the way back to maintain, maintain uh, possession, and then all the fans have to sit there and just kind of wait for somebody to make a move. Um, I don't know. It, it doesn't slow too many games down. Obviously, like I said, three-on-three three is electric, but I do think that would be one improvement is to make sure that pressure is always going on and then those high chances are always kind of going back and forth because, like, what's the point of settling? You know, if you're trying to avoid a shootout, why why are we watching people skate around with the puck doing nothing?
0: Look at the last minute 30 seconds of last night's New York Rangers-Columbus game. The chances. Like, mm-hmm. it was back and forth because it wasn't, Uh oh, I've got to slow the pace down. It was... Missed opportunity, two-on-one the other way. Missed opportunity that way. They break a 2 up like That's what this is supposed to be. It's not Mm -hmm. supposed to be this, let's slow it down, let's get to the red line so they can't change, but we can change our guys. No, it's supposed to be about creating chances and getting getting the puck moving with more ice. And I feel that there's a lot of junior leagues that have gone this route and they've made it instead of a five-minute overtime, it's a 10-minute overtime, and that'll alleviate a lot more of that shootout which is just essentially a skills competition to see who gets an extra point
1: yeah don't get me wrong I love watching the shootout I think it's fun it's a tough way to determine a game but I do like watching that single showcase the one-on-one versus the goalie um, I think that's a lot of fun um, but I do find three-on-three hockey very entertaining um, they do it has amplified the game so much I think like the stakes Um, I'd also like to see something to do with overtime is three point per game system. I don't know if they'll ever implement it due to records and history and things like that, but three, if you would get three points for a regulation, win, two points for an overtime win, and then the losing team would get one point, but every game would always equal three points. Um, So it it gives more incentive for you to finish it off in regulation than it does to finish it off in overtime um, because you're only going to get one point each either way.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think,
1: or two points, sorry?
0: I think yeah, it then comes down to well, how do we compare teams that are playing now with this three point system to like the Wayne Gretzky Edmonton Euler days where they or like like think about how many points Boston would have had last year mm-hmm. if well, they had a three point system it. yeah, I, I don't have it in front of me, but ju- yeah, it's just like <laughs> but I can see where the debate would come where they would say it's skewed because. You're not getting a good depiction on how good those previous years' teams would have been. Yeah. And then another suggestion that I have to change for the league is changing the the triple hard salary cap, which is does nobody any favors. It does the league an injustice. It does the players an injustice. And, it, and essentially it only makes the owners richer and uh, everyone else suffers. Like as a fan, I shouldn't be worried. I'm a Leaf fan. I shouldn't be worried. Can we afford to keep Nylander next year? We drafted Nylander. We've, we've done a lot of work to keep Nylander and, and develop Nylander and make him into the player he is today. And I think that it's about time the league starts to reward drafting. Well, Um. Um, developing players you if you could get even a 20 percent break off their salary like so you still pay them 10 million but only 8 million counts towards the cap because you've drafted this player you've had them in your organization since the start is a step in the right direction to help alleviate these teams like matt like Toronto shouldn't have to decide, okay, are we going to keep Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Riley, like all these guys that are homegrown guys and the Rangers are the same. You've got tons of guys that are homegrown guys that if that salary cap break would help, you could build around them better.
1: Mm -hmm. And I do agree with that. I think that there should be more of a reward for drafting. Well, I think that the salary cap needs to be looked at in general, you know, um, as long as there's a hard cap, like a lot of these players aren't going to be able to get paid probably what they deserve. I believe that the salaries in the NHL are much lower than they should be across the board. Even the min contracts are unbelievable. Like you should be making over a million dollars if you're playing in the pro league. Um, so uh, I think that the whole, the whole thing needs to be looked at. I know that they're looking at a raise in, in the next couple of years, but I do agree with you that I would like to, I wouldn't hate to see, you know, a, a homegrown discount, Um so and and a reward for working well. They'd probably have to figure it out because getting a first overall pick like Austin Matthews is a pretty damn good reward. Um, but uh, you know, I do think there's something they need to look at there for sure.
0: It's just like you look at Edmonton, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, Evan Bouchard, uh McDavid, Darnell Nurse. Like there's another team who you look at, they don't have any imported in free agent superstars like Evander Kane sure Zach Hyman sure their superstars are homegrown and if you could surround them with more skilled players because the salary cap affords you to do it and there's a break because you've drafted well and players are wanting to play for you from inception that should be a thing that can happen and a thing that is able to be feasible and not just like nope the league uh, the league has dictated the salary caps 82 million and that's the way it's gonna be like you cannot go at all over or you are penalized and like like even baseball like so you look at the, the nba does this 10 20 discount on their salary cap the you look at baseball who has the tax well like you look at the rangers the leafs the Bruins, like they would all pay a tax to be over the salary cap like for Absolutely. sure but Gary Bettman's so paranoid with parody in the league that this is never going to happen until Gary Bettman is out of the NHL head office.
1: And I do see the point. It does make it difficult for teams like, you know, your Arizona's and, and your other smaller market teams, I guess, um, the, uh, to, if there's like a tax or anything like that, along those lines to have a better team, like, uh, they may not be as it may not be as easy for them to compete with, say, you know, your Toronto's and your Rangers and your Boston's um, and the the larger market teams. So I do kind of see it a little bit. But I also see it holding back salaries and, you know, potential super teams that would be really fun to watch and to get a lot of eyes in
0: the game. All right, so I think we've said all we want to say about the salary cap. And now we're going to do some of our surprises so far in the NHL season. <laughs> and Jeremy, I want to ask you a question. Um, I'm going to pull this up here. What would you say the goal differential for the Edmonton Oilers is this season?
1: That's so a guess. You want me to guess? It's a difference? guess. I don't want you to look.
0: I want I want your honest guess on the goal differential for the Edmonton Oilers and where you think they are in the standings for goal differential.
1: Like goal differential total. they got to yeah. be like 32nd. Well, because
0: the, I'm the I'm San Jose scared. Sharks are, are in the league. Okay, so they've <laughs> got to be
1: 31st. they yes, got to be around they, there.
0: So what do you think the goal differential is?
1: Oh, my, that's bad. And there's only been 14, roughly 14 games they've played. Thir- they played 13 games. Well, I know for a fact that McDavid only has like two or three goals this season, and that's not good for their numbers at all. Because it's not good
0: for anybody that had first overall in their fantasy pool this year.
1: And it's that's not good for the guy like me who traded a first, second, and third overall to really run it this year to and I traded for McDavid. So and I like one and three with McDavid and a ton of studs. So great. It's great. Um, I'm gonna guess. Goal differential. It's not like minus 23 or something.
0: It's not quite that bad. They're, they're 31st with a minus 16. That's oh, Actually,
1: you know what's funny? I wasn't that far off. That's kind of bad. They For minus 16 differential, only 13.
0: 13 games. games. So they've scored 35 goals, but they've let in 51 in oh. the 13 games they've played. Oh.
1: Their goal it's, setting has been terrible.
0: The whole Western Conference has been brutal. They make up the bottom five in the in the bottom. Sorry, the bottom seven teams in the league are the Western Conference. the The lowest is twenty fifth is the Ottawa Senators for the East. So,
1: so so people like playing the East Coast. What you're telling me, the the, uh, Eastern Conference. (laughs)
0: It's funny because we went through a period the last, I'm going to say, four years where the Western Conference was big, scary, and the best conference. Like, I think the East has kind of taken their ball and ran with it and said that we are the better
1: conference. Who, who, who was the last? Yeah, because, I mean, for a while we were dealing with uh, Chicago and L.A. kind of back, trading, trading them back and forth, um, cups for a long time, and then the pen, the Pens kind of started a resurgence back in the East for a bit
0: um the rangers were always a a a playoff contender
1: yeah they were always in the mix um trying to think but yeah there's you know there's quite a few yeah i i agree with you i do think the definite swing back to the east i think a lot of the favorites are in the east in my
0: opinion can you tell me what the goal differential for the last place san jose sharks is
1: oh no so it's got to be worse than minus 16 I'm gonna go with my original answer. No, they were they've lost by ten a couple times. Um, so <laughs> I'm gonna go with like minus uh, minus like thirty two.
0: They are minus forty nine through fifteen games. Through fifteen games, they are minus forty nine, and out of those fifteen games, they've won two.
1: Oh no! <laughs> I, I you know what's funny? I like the sharks. I like, well, I don't really like the sharks. I have no ties to them at all, but. I like their unis. I like the unis a lot. I like the logo. I mean, they got that going for them. Uh, Blackwood is going
0: to win them more games than they want to win.
1: Yeah, they should. Uh, they should have went and got. They should have went and got Campbell.
0: <laughs> so you got the Sharks, the Oilers, the Calgary Flames, the Nashville Predators, and the Chicago Blackhawks all in the bottom. I think the only two that we expected to be down there was the Chicago Blackhawks and the San Jose Sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a, a case that could be made that. The Calgary Flames would have been down there as well. If whether you believe that Sutter was really the problem last year or not.
1: I really thought that you'd see a resurgence from Huberto this year. Um, Invisible. I don't.
0: Almost unplayable. Him and he's like Ryan Reeves level unplayable.
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't know. There's got to be a change of scenery for him because obviously we see what he can do um at the nhl level uh so i don't know i don't know what you do i think you have to trade him i don't think you're gonna get what you got what you paid
0: um well, but i don't I think, think anybody wants to take on the con you gave him eight by ten and a half
1: yeah last they, they, year they he's, they might he's in the first year it. that they might have to eat some of it well they're um, already
0: talking about they have to eat some of tan evans Dorov. yeah like if there's ever a team that's on sell now mode you want Celebrini to to come onto your team and and, and well, build around that.
1: To be fair, when the when the Flames lost Kachuk, it doesn't matter who you're really getting back. I think that that's the time to sell. Um, you know, I don't think they were ever in a position to be buying what they bought. Uh, and here we are, you know, like buying Kadri at that cost, buying Huberdeau, and then at that cost, and then paying Uyghur. That.
0: I mean, Uyghur is <laughs> probably their best one of their best players they've got right now he's actually and showed up and, and and contributed
1: i'll actually admit hands up okay this is on me uh i didn't think the trade was that bad when it happened <laughs> i was one of the people that was like well you know they got Weger too you know weaker's good huberto's good for kachuk i was like who didn't want to play in calgary that's not a bad haul um just kidding it is uh it was real bad uh <laughs> i didn't know what i was talking about it wasn't good it's still not good. It's not looking good for the next seven years. So we'll see. We'll see where they end up. But uh, but yeah, that's my uh, my new take on it. Kachuk was king of the trade.
0: All right, so that leads us into what might be the biggest tire fire aside from San Jose. Media wise, it is the biggest tire fire. Edmonton Oilers. Um, it's been a strange turn of events for them. They started out. With all this expectation, all this, they they got Ekholm. They solved defense. That Stuart Skinner last year was amazing. Let's hope that Jack Campbell can bounce back. Well, no, none of those things were were true. McDavid, I you have to believe is playing hurt. Like he he's proving that this isn't the McDavid we see year in year out.
1: It looks like he might be. So there's a little bit of resurgence, maybe a little bit of fire under him after, um, the firing of uh, Woodcroft, but
0: but like so let's get into that like the firing so they they get they lose to san jose who is the worst team in the league silence Mm -hmm. there's nothing they go to say seattle they play they play seattle they win and every everything seems to be doing better in edmonton oiler land and then the next day they they ax the coach like can you imagine being the coach and you're just being like held on a string? You're like, okay, like maybe I'm not going to get fired, go to Seattle, win. Okay. Oh, I'm proving that. Like none of this should be put on Woodcroft, by the way. Like this is not, he is the best winning percentage coach since he came into the league. It's like a 700, I guess he's got seven seventy 70% winning percentage. Like you can't put that on the coach. So like
1: anybody else.
0: And you look at, like, okay, so who's the next who's the who's the real person to blame? Ken Holland. Like, you buddy, you've you've built this team the way you wanted it to. Like, sure, like, you've gotten them pretty far, but like, Woodcroft shouldn't have been the first bullet fired. Like, he's had a full se- one full season and he got you into the third round of the playoffs and you ax him because he's lost what the first like 12 of 15.
1: Well, then you even look at uh, McDavid said too, like he never lost the room. It was on the players too, like he wasn't, and that was kind of nice to see out of out of the captain. I'll say that, you know, like
0: I mean that's yeah. the bare as a coach. I like, like you kind of hope that your players will stand up for you if you get axed. Like you don't want it to be radio sound. Like he's gonna get another go. Like mm-hmm. he's gonna get picked up by like another team that needs a coach. He's got a good record. He's he was a good McDavid loved him. And this team just seems to be going. And I sent you the tweet earlier today. This team is going like the LeBron James style of team where LeBron has every say in what this team does. McDavid, they've brought in his junior coach. Yes. To replace Woodcroft. They they at the start of the year, the head of hockey ops was the guy that was hired was McDavid's agent he quit being his agent to be the head of hockey ops for the team that mcdavid plays on they go out in free agency who's the big free agent they get mcdavid's former junior lineman connor brown like i think this is like everyone's like oh no mcdavid's gonna leave for Toronto." like no mcdavid is literally a majority shareholder of this (laughs) edmonton oilers team
1: (laughs) yeah well it seems to be that way you know and um yeah their new coach was the, uh, the coach of the Wolfpack um, and obviously I don't you know I don't follow the AHL too closely, but uh, re- like from the Rangers organization standpoint, he was highly regarded like people really really liked him.
0: Well so, and I'm I, not the, thing, the thing that you got to think with that is like Laviolette's doing such a good job on the Rangers bench. So if you deny him the opportunity to go to the NHL, you're saying that, okay, we're going to give you a shot with our team. Well, LaViolette's doing phenomenal. So, like, yeah, you, there's I, no path for him with the Rangers to get to the show.
1: And I think, uh, too, with LaViolette, I think a lot of people during that signing were kind of meh. You know, it's kind of like the recycling of the old coaches. Um, and, and people were kind of concerned, you know, that the Rangers weren't going to try something new or they were going to go to somebody um, and just kind of you know another recycled NHL coach but I think uh, his system and, and what he's come and implemented with the Rangers has gone a long way so I mean clearly it shows you that uh, they know what they're talking about um, and they know what they're doing a little better than uh, the rest of us on Twitter so it's uh, it's interesting to see but you can't say that for every team because you know something sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and exactly going back to the Edmonton Oilers a lot of the times it doesn't so we'll see where they end up this season but uh, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, to see if they can turn it around. They've got the, the other
0: funny thing they did is the Edmonton Oilers have this—I don't know how to say this—and they, they have this way of only hiring guys who were former Edmonton Oilers. Like you, you look like McTavish. Like now, who do they bring as the assistant coach? Paul Coffey. Like, yeah. like I—I'm I, not saying he's a bad coach. I don't know anything about his coaching style. I'm sure he's a great guy. But, like, look outside your your alumni box for to fill these positions and you might get some success.
1: Definitely. And they need to, like, it's a, it's a similar thing with Montreal, I believe, too. Um, they need to really look outside the organization. I know I think there was, like, it's still to this day or they, uh, they've only had so many American captains. Like, they're kind of, you know, like – you put yourself into a corner and you limit what you hire or who you'll bring in. It kind of makes it tough to be a successful hockey team because you know, not all of the best people anymore are Canadian or not all the best people anymore are, uh, you know, Edmonton Oilers alumni. It's not the eighties. There's plenty <laughs> of great hockey players. All right. There's been plenty of great teams since Wayne Gretzky and Messier were tearing it up. So I don't know. I think I agree with you. They need to look elsewhere. They, <laughs>
0: And then the other move that they did was uh, shock. I- I'm shocked by it. They they sent Jack Campbell to the American Hockey League. And um, his first game it made the highlight reels on all the sports channels because, boy, did he let in some bad weak ones. He let in four on 20 shots in his first game with Bakersfield. And it just, like... I don't know if there's a way back for him to get back into the NHL, which is sad to say.
1: Not right now. I mean, the guy's confidence has got to be at an all-time low. Uh, and then when he put out the report that he thought he wasn't playing that poorly, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not a hockey player, but he played way better than me, but come on, man. You're, that, it wasn't good.
0: Uh, like I, I I know goalies are weird and you got to have your head in the sand, but like, You can't think that that's playing good.
1: No. I mean, and maybe that's part of the reason that he was sent out in the first place. Like, you know, I've got to think if somebody, you know, is letting in that many goals, then yeah, sure, the defense isn't helping them and the offense isn't producing either. But if you're just leaking pucks, (laughs) like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, I, and and then to not even have the awareness to be like, yeah, sorry. Sorry, my GAA is like six. Um <laughs> so like I don't know. Like I feel like you've got to take some accountability. So So
0: he's had another game in Bakersfield and I want you to guess what his goals uh, what his save percentage is.
1: Save percentage? Oh, yeah. No.
0: 850?
1: No, 820?
0: 826. Oof. Still not good. <laughs> like he he, I was like, okay, he's, I see he had his second game played. I was like, okay, maybe he like locked it up a little. Nope, still allowed four goals, an 826 save percentage.
1: And Yeah, like, like you said, I wish the best for the guy. I hope he bounces back. I think it's a confidence thing right now. You know, he was signed to a big contract. There's a lot of pressure on him going into Edmonton. I think a lot of Leafs fans kind of knew and um, that they, you know, are happy they didn't give him a five-year deal. I mean, Um, they're
0: making Dubas look like a genius for letting him walk to Ken Holland for $5 million.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, I mean, yeah, that's tough. I really, I truly do. I don't want anybody to ever, you know, I mean, I want hockey to thrive and I want the players to thrive because it's more fun to watch, but uh, I hope that he figures up, finds a way out of this slump because uh, it would make for a great comeback story too.
0: Oh, for sure. And um Yeah, so I think that's about all we have to talk about on the Edmonton Oilers. Um, So going from that, we found out that in Philadelphia on February 18th, they are going to retire Yarmir Yager's jersey number. They're going to send number uh, 68 to the rafters. And I mean, like, it's about time. The guy hasn't been in the league for a hot minute. Like he exactly he's well-deserved like aside from Wayne Gretzky he's up there for points
1: big time uh huge influence on the game for a lot of players that came into the league after him and probably in my opinion the number one hockey hair of all time (laughs) like that started it all with the lettuce there you know what I mean like I think that uh in my opinion he's got to be the number one all-time hockey hair number two in points number one in hair
0: it's the most like, like you think of hockey, like all the kids getting their mullets back nowadays. Like they don't even, they probably didn't even get to watch a younger game. Like, and like it hasn't been forever since he's been out of the league, but like they don't know the auger that we grew up watching.
1: No. And he was unbelievable. It, I remember when the Rangers got him, I was a lot younger and I was like just so excited. And then he did not disappoint what he came. Uh, you know, a couple of plus hundred point seasons and just unbelievable, just so, so much with, fun to watch.
0: With the Rangers, he had one season where he had one hundred and twenty three points in eighty two games.
1: Yep, yep, it was a he. So year. his
0: NHL totals in seventeen hundred thirty three games, one thousand nine hundred and twenty one points.
1: And you got to think too, he took off two or three years right in the prime, didn't he? Uh, to go back to the more. KHL.
0: So in, between two thousand three, two thousand four. He there was the lockout year. He played he played the full year away. Uh, and then he took off from two thousand eight to two thousand twelve, two thousand eleven, where he went to the KHL, and then came back to Philly, and then. He went to Philly, the Flyers, the Bruins. It was the Yager farewell tour. Like he went Philly, the to Dallas, to the Bruins, to the Devils, to the Panthers, to Calgary Flames. Like the traveling Yagers were like the (laughs) thing. And if I'm the Pittsburgh Penguins, if I'm the NHL, any team that Yager's played for, it should be all around that numbers retired.
1: Well, I mean, basically the whole
0: league. Well, I'm like, how many? (laughs) How many teams? Active, like actively, actively have a number sixty eight on their team. It's not like it's one of the desired numbers. Mm-hmm. Like, how many numbers are actually retired by the full league? Like,
1: well, I wonder if that's like just a pure out of respect thing for yagur and like a pure out of respect thing for Lemieux. If you look at it, you know what I mean. Um, so maybe it's just the players that have decided that they're not going to wear it. Um, but still, unbelievable. Like, well deserved. Um, should have been in the rafters years ago, um, and I imagine I can't, I can't imagine that changing anytime soon. Maybe if McDavid's you know keeps no keep Crosby's Crosby's number
0: is going to get retired.
1: You think Crosby's
0: going to get retired? He he changed so. the game. He he brought it into the new. He made it newsworthy. After Wayne, like between Wayne and Crosby, there was nothing. It, it was the, the league was silence. Uh, I'm not saying that
1: that Sid isn't amazing and, and
0: not like you know, the best player in the
1: world for a long, long time. But I just think maybe the next person to take something from Wayne gets their number retired, like a big, big record.
0: I so Ovi. Gonna
1: see. Uh, see, that's a huge record, but I also don't know if you're going to see a number eight get retired because so many people have worn it.
0: But if he breaks the scoring record.
1: Then maybe, you know, by my own uh, admission. I just I just can't see them retiring anyone
0: else's number league-wide other than Wayne. yeah I can I I can see what you say I think as a league Sid's done so much for the league in general that's one of the things that like it's not just like he just put his head down went to Pittsburgh just did this thing in Pittsburgh like he's done so much to grow the game with the league Mm -hmm. that's the only way I can see Sid also getting that honor
1: if anyone deserves that honor of of having their uh Jersey number retired next to Wayne Gretzky, it's Sid Crosby, for sure. Um, and I'm not going to argue that. I'm just wondering if the league's going to do it, you know. Um, but I do think, yeah, like you said, if there's if there's anybody that's going to get it, it should be Sid Crosby.
0: So, moving on from Yager, I want to get your opinion on some of the awards. Like, who do you think we're going to see come out of the East as the the top team in the East? Well, like, I mean... Come. I know where your heart wants to say but I want to know what logically cuz I I think the East is a two horse race if Boston can keep it up.
1: Mhm. And um, I'm actually so either way I mean you think who I think is going to represent in the cup from the East?
0: No, it's just going to it's just going to win the Eastern Conference.
1: It's going to Oh, who's going to win the Eastern Conference? Okay. Um, like just the
0: regular season Eastern. I'm not saying who's going to the Stanley Cup final. Who's going to have the most points at the end of the season?
1: I don't know. I have a lot of trouble betting against the devils as much as it pains me. Um,
0: They're not that that high up there though, dude.
1: Not right now. No, but if they were healthy, I think that they'd be. And like I said, it pains me to even admit that, but I'm not crazy. And I see it. They're a very good hockey team. Um, I don't know if like, you know, with all the injuries they're facing right now with both Hughes brothers, I don't know if, uh, if they'll be able to maintain a win to win the Eastern conference. But I honestly think so. Obviously my heart is there and my brain is also there. The Rangers look really good too. So I think they will be a contender in the East, win the East. Um, Boston. I don't know how they can hold on. I thought they were going to regress this year. So like it wouldn't shock me if they slumped a little bit later in the season.
0: We are going to get hands thrown at us from Boston fans for you saying they're going to regress like every Boston fan on Twitter. That's like, Oh, we were supposed to be terrible. Look at us. Like they they, were, but once again, they're, it's also the Bruins. You can never count out the Bruins.
1: You can't. And their goaltending is unbelievable. Uh, So like, that's the only reason is it doesn't make sense to me how they're still good. You lose Bergeron. Uh,
0: Their goal differential is the highest in the East. Yep, I
1: can't argue it. I'm not I'm not arguing it. Bruins are Plus getting... 18th.
0: So for me the it, it comes down to I I think the Bruins are going to take it just cuz the goaltending alone is going to win them so many games.
1: Yeah. It's it's so. a matter
0: of you, how much can you keep the puck out of your own net and I think the Bruins are the best at that. Um the other team that I could see being a, a like a wild card dark horse is the Carolina Hurricanes who have those disc disgusting looking Cooper all's coming this year and I'm not looking forward to it I think it is the worst look in hockey
1: I refuse so since uh Aho and Fox went knee on knee I refuse to endorse them at all I (laughs) hope they're the bottom of the league for the rest of eternity um or just until Adam Fox is back uh but in yeah until then I wish them nothing but poor luck with pucks um and I hope nothing goes in the net ever again for the carolina hurricanes I mean. I mean
0: you can't you can't you are so I have a, such a hate on for the carolina hurricanes but truba's hit the other night was so similar to the sebastian ajo hit on fox it was Please. identical and Please. everyone oh my god it's the same Please. hit it's the same hit no truba truba are you can be Truba's leg was like the only thing that made contact. And then when he got hit by his knee, his body went into his body.
1: No, I you need to rewatch it. Watch it in nice, slow motion. I, I could watch it every day. <laughs> um, I actually, it's how I start my day. I wake up, I search Jacob Truba highlights, and it gets me fired up. And, and it's, that's what motivates me every morning, just watching Jacob Truba annihilate people cleanly, clean hits, all of them. Textbook. They should be showing kids. Had a body check like Jacob Truba.
0: So, are, are, are you done? Maybe you
1: done?
0: I don't know. Right. Yes. Okay, I'm done. Okay, let's done. go to the West. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the time where we can we can definitively. I, for me, it's the Vegas Golden Knights. The Knights are the Stanley Cup champions. They're they're proving why they won the cup last year. They're deep. They've got four lines that they can roll out any night, all the time. There's no. There's no worry with what line's out there for them. They they know what their job is and they can do it. Eichel in the postseason said they could have played a whole other round because of how deep they were. And they didn't lose really anybody. So for me, it's the Knights. The only question is, is Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson gonna be enough? It's proving that I mean they are they are gonna be strong enough. They they've got a plus 26 goal differential. Um the only other team that i could see there's three teams so there's them dallas stars which um have quite a few question marks for me uh defensively but then you've got the vancouver canucks do you want to dive into the canucks
1: well so to me like like i said i'm not going to argue that i think the knights are the favorites in the west I, i you can't argue that i don't think at this point you know they just won the cup last year not a lot of changes um up front or on the back end so they're the number one, but to me, I'd love to see a team like the Canucks who, again, I think are surprising a lot of people this year. I know a lot of it's, uh, credit to Pedersen for sure. Um, he's having an unreal year and, you know, he doesn't even necessarily look like him full, his full self, I think in this season, which is crazy to say, because, uh, he's number one in fantasy points for me. So let's go there. I'll take that. Um, I just, yeah, I, th- I think they're an exciting team, and you see Besser starting to, you know, have a good year again. I think they've got a lot of pieces um, on that team for them to to make some noise in the West this year. I hope they could maintain it. It's, uh, you know, it's it's fresh for them. They're, you know, they're coming off a tough season, but I- I'd love to see them keep rolling and keep rolling in the West. They would be my dark horse in the West.
0: The Vancouver Canucks, I live in BC and like everyone is shocked. Nobody expected them to play this way. And I mean, diehard Canuck fans were like, this is what we expected last year. So that it's happening now. My only thing for Canuck fans is I am so excited for you. But as a Leaf fan, I know what happens next because Pedersen needs a contract and you got to back that Brinks-Chuck up because he needs to get paid and he's going to get paid. Whether it's the Canucks that pay him or someone else, he is going to get paid. Because he he's playing like a man possessed that just that he wants the puck. He's all over the puck. His IQ is huge. And he's also throwing the body around.
1: Yeah, Pedersen, I can't say enough about Pedersen and him and Hughes. So, like, if you remove Pedersen from that team, I think you're, you know, Immediately into another rebuild. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they are going to have to back the Brinks truck up for them. And, you know, luckily for them, they don't have to back the Brinks truck up for Matthews, Marner, and Nylander and then add Taveras in this, like a year span. So, you know, they should have a little easier going than the Least did. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I'm excited for the Canucks. I've been watching them a lot lately. It's funny because I, uh, I usually don't watch must West coast hockey because living in new Brunswick, the games start at 11 PM and they end at 2 AM. But uh, I've been having some trouble sleeping because I've watched the Canucks. So they've been keeping me up. They've been like my 11 PM team. They'll, nobody will ever trump the Rangers for me, but I will, uh, I'll root for them at 11 PM provided they're not playing uh, Breadman and co. So.
0: And, and while we're talking about the West, there's been some, I wouldn't say surprises. I mean, I am just think it's a little early that, I, that to see them succeed so well, is I think the Anaheim Ducks will finish higher in the overall standings this year. I think they're going to be a playoff team. Uh, I think they're just taking the right steps in the right direction and uh, wouldn't be surprised to see them in the Western uh, playoff picture.
1: Well, you've got McTavish is having a great year. Um, nice big step forward for him. Somebody who's not playing at full potential because they've been playing hurt is Zegers. So I think once he gets going too, like they're they're a pretty solid team. Um, they've been getting some good goaltending while Gibson was hurt. It'll remains to be seen whether he'll stay with the team or not. Um, they might uh, facilitate a trade with him. But if they're back in the playoff hunt, you gotta think that maybe he changes his tune and, and maybe he wants to stick around the ducks in that booming roster they've got.
0: Well, they they've done a lot of good work to uh, uh, to solidify a team in front of them and to, to just secure and, and to give great defense. Like Radko Gudis and Ilya Labushkin are great two shutdown defensemen that they added, and um, and yeah, they added a lot of great offensive power. I don't want to stay too long on them, but I just feel that that's a team to watch out for, and Frank Petrano is just a madman, and I love him in fantasy and a solid pickup for anybody that needs him in fantasy. um So now we're going to switch it on up. To the shareables portion, where I'm going to send Jeremy, just a couple tweets that I've I've liked, and I know isn't sure if he's seen yet. So, and I'll just get your reaction as I send them on over to you. Um, First of all, it is so this week. uh Florida Panthers played the Chicago Blackhawks, and in true, um, I don't want to say rat fashion, but with a lack of better term, rat fashion, a scrum ensues and. uh, Math, uh, Matthew Kachuk just goes straight for Connor Bedard. I uh, just sent you the the clip there. Like, it, there's a scrum. There's a scr- and like Matthew uh, Matthew Kachuk just goes straight for Bedard. Like, there's not even like uh. Let me check out over here. Bedard got leveled clean, but leveled, and he goes straight to the down Bedard. So
1: <laughs> I love that stuff from Kachuk. Obviously, you know, so far this season, you've seen it a couple times. times, uh, Marshawn's been trying to play mind games with Bedard and the kid seems so unfazed. And so I think Kachuk's just trying to do the same thing, get him off his game. They know that's the best player on the Blackhawks. Um, he's the, you know, the biggest reason they're going to win many games this year and I don't know. You, you, I I enjoy seeing that type of stuff from Kachuk because that's what he's brought to Florida to do. You know, he's gonna he scores a hundred points and he just infuriates you mentally and physically. Uh, and I really like that. As I really like that part of Kachuk's game. I hate it when he plays my favorite team, but I love watching it happen to other people.
0: <laughs> and then the second clip I sent you uh, just sent there is. Uh, I mean, if you're the San Jose Sharks, when it rains, it pours. Uh, radko Gudis gets his first goal uh no Ilya labushkin gets his first goal of the year as uh like like you can't even explain like that's just puck luck at like its peak like he takes oh. a slap shot from the point it goes off the a guy blocking the shot stick straight up right behind the goalie into the net like You can't even script it that good for like or that bad. How the San Jose Sharks must be feeling
1: sums up the whole season, just like the tweet said. Like, and how they've been, you know, performing this year. I mean, obviously, people weren't, you know, there wasn't high hopes. I don't think anybody expected them to just be letting in ten goals every game, or to let in (laughs) little circus shots like that. You know, from the moon, looked like somebody threw a half court shot to win a car at an NBA game. So that's tough that's tough and you can see obviously the goalie lost track of it but still you never want to end up on the uh on the tsn uh christmas eve miss top 100 misplays but i bet you that'll be there
0: (laughs) oh it's it's and like it's either it's either a misplay or it's like one of those where it's like so crazy awesome plays like it's 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 hard to define. Is it an awesome way for it to go in, or is it like, oh, that sucks for the goalie? That's a display. <laughs> that's the
1: type of goal. Yeah, that's the type of goal that gets an entire theme of a top ten on SportsCenter. Like, <laughs> so, like they'll literally be like, oh, the best top ten fluke goals. Like that probably will inspire a weekly top ten. That goal. So poor sharks. Like I said, great uniforms. Not and much else I- right now
0: the last thing I'm going to send you is every leaf game. They've been sending out these moody pictures. They have this like title belt. They award to like the player of the game. Um, and like, I don't know about you, but these photos, I want to buy an eight by 10 of them and get it framed and signed. Like they're just like the perfect, like moody stall photos. And I like, we'll throw it up on the screen right here. Um, it's perfect. I love it.
1: That's badass. First of all, the belt's awesome. Um <laughs> the belt the colors is awesome kind of the uh the swag that he's got going on there um in the picture you know what i mean like he's he's got he's confident in that picture i agree these would be the best like he had a wall of these all autographed by the guys that took them that's excellent
0: i think it's just perfect and it's like it just shows some personality and it's just like it just it's fun it's like you got the win like they don't really post them whenever they lose but they when they get the win they post the the winning the, the guy who wins the belt that night and it's awesome yeah. is
1: there anything else you have for this podcast episode no but anything to do with wrestling i'm gonna like so <laughs> whatever hockey and wrestling kind of cross pass. those are my two you know two of my biggest interests um that i enjoy so anytime something like that cross passing is awesome um
0: Awesome. Well, that's it for us for the first episode. We will be doing this weekly. So we will record on Mondays and it will be up by Wednesday every week. You can follow us on social media. We have Instagram, TikTok, We have uh, a Facebook, all breakaway banter. You can find us there. Um, Let us know what you think. uh, If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple, Apple podcasts, leave us a review and uh, let us know what you think. Cheers. Cheers. Let's give the auger salute to end this one out here. Let's go. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.